Thank you for joining us. In our relationships, particularly with family and close friends, we mean well when we say something, yet sometimes our words offend or we say hurtful things we wish we had not said. Once words are spoken, they cannot take them back. Even when we admit our wrongdoing, apologize, and ask for forgiveness, the words not forgotten. If only we would always ask God to guard our tongue and compel us to think before we speak. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts how to communicate God's way. Some of you, it's not verbal, it's body language. And that body language can actually talk more than the verbal language. You're not saying it, but ooh, your husband and your family, your wife, they can see it. Body language, body language. Negative body language, such as rolling your eyes. They look at you, you just rolling your eyes. Telling someone they're trying to talk to you and they're talking to your hand. You just pointing your finger in someone's face and then, okay, they slap your hand out the way. Now you're fighting. Well, she hit me, but you didn't say you pointed your finger right in her face between, at her, above her nose. By the way, man, never hit your wife. Never hit you. I, know, I know you can get angry sometimes, but don't you don't go there. God didn't give you her for her to be your punching bag. I didn't see that. Women, you ought to have been hollering amen all over. Is there any amen? Now, women, don't, but now, sisters, don't provoke him either. That's the, look at those men saying amen. Don't provoke him. Don't scream. Don't get in his face and breathe all down his throat and point your finger and then talk about he slapped me. Well, he's wrong and you wrong too. You started it and he finished it. Both of you wrong. <laughs> Pointing fingers in someone's face. Crossing your own. <laughs> Sign. Or you don't do anything. You just shut down completely with no response. Don't talk for two weeks. Send messages through your kids. Text. You're texting each other. Did you take the trash out? Oh, you're slamming the door and they can hear it. You got a 5,000 foot house, square foot house. You wear on the back of, boom. Or when you go, you give that last door slam so that they can hear and let, you're letting them know exactly how you feel. Throwing things, you throw things, and he's ducking. They'll go to, they'll go to pot, the skillet, and man, you better duck. Some of these women, I tell you too, uh, uh, don't put a gun in their hands. They may not have ever gone to a shooting range, but they know how to shoot you right between their eyes. They be going like this. Pow! Ow! Gone! So, sometimes you get a gun for protection, and then you got, you got friendly fire. Or perhaps it's enemy fire. <laughs> uh, then you sometimes, body language, you put your hands on your hip and let your backbone slip. 
you say? Wait a minute. Come again. I don't believe you said. Wait a minute. You talk to him like you're talking to a child or vice versa. There's a word in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Y'all, that's Bible verses for everything. That's why the Bible is so unique. And that's why people don't want to read it. It's too convicting. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, it says, What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars, signaling their deceit with a wink of, a, of the eye, a nudge of the foot, or the wiggle of fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil. And they constantly stir up trouble. It's bad when a man, a husband, makes it hard on his wife. Go out of the way to make life difficult for her. Or vice versa, the wife make it hard on the husband. And go out and make it difficult for him. Children make it hard on their parents. Parents make it hard on their children. They're being led by their emotions instead of the Holy Spirit. Number nine, for effective communication or communicating God's way, never use profanity or vulgar language toward family members. Never use vulgarity in the workplace or even at social gatherings. You shouldn't cuss not only at your family, but anyone else. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 says, But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Here's another list. Anger, anger. Here's wrath. Them two, they first, they, they brothers and sisters. Malice, blasphemy. Look at that last phrase. Filthy language out of your mouth. Some of your mouths need to be washed with the word of God. Cleansed with the word of God. Beloved, what kind of speech is coming out of your mouth? Is it God-honoring or is it filthy, shameful, and corrupt language? I dare you to be different and refuse to conform to peer pressure by speaking degradingly, speaking language like those around you. You misrepresent Christ. You put your limited vocabulary on display. When you just said all those full letters and all those kind of words, actually you just say you, you you just saying how restricted your vocabulary really is. Is that all you can say? That's the best you can give? Is it, is, do you have to go that low? Limited vocabulary on display. You become a poor testimony when you use vulgarity before your children. You think cussing your children is cute when they cuss until they cuss you out. Leave them alone. You thought it was cute. Then they cuss you out before folk at H-E-B. Now you want to whoop them. Leave them alone. They got it from you. You need to be disciplined. Now they're embarrassing you. Now you want to get after them. Wasn't pretty when you let, oh, look at that. Look what she know. You applauding, cussing. Poor testimony before your children, which also cause, causes them to pick up filthy language. It puts the other person 
When you cuss out somebody, it puts them on the defense. It never accomplishes anything good. Because profanity has so saturated society in the movie industry, television, man, they do more bleeping than speaking. One, I won't bleep, bleep. Two, go bleep. Five, six, bleep, bleep, bleep. I said, well, cut it off. It's all bleep. I can't, I can't get a sentence. Bleep, 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 bleep. Television. Politics, cussing and rap music, internet, social media. Many Christians have become so desensitized and even use it without a sense of conviction, which hinders the light of Christ from shining through them. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now that's clear. Come on, I don't understand the Bible. You understood that. Let no, you don't need to, you don't need to understand, a, you don't have to take a Greek course to understand that. Let no corrupt word proceed out of, not everybody else's mouth, your mouth. But what is for good edification, necessary edification, that it may import grace to the hearers. When the heart is corrupt, the words from your mouth will also be corrupt because you speak what you think. You speak what you think. Number 10, you will never effectively communicate with others if you harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. Now, if if you're weighed down with unforgiveness and bitterness, It will impede your ability to communicate in a way that blesses God. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32 says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. It's going to affect how you connect with people, how you relate to people. Get rid of the rage, the anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You cannot have meaningful conversation with others until you first repent and have been delivered by the Lord from the strongholds of bitterness and unforgiveness. This will enable you to communicate in a way that pleases the Lord. When you have unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart, it's going to affect your ability to communicate with the person you are bitter toward. Number 11, for effective communication, we must be willing to compromise on non-essentials and learn to accept each other's differences of opinions and personal preferences. Let me say that again. For effective communication, we must be willing to compromise on non-essentials and learn to accept each other's differences. We're all different. Differences of opinion and personal preferences, such as the thermostat setting. One is always perpetually hot, the other's cold. The thing is going up and down, up and down. The thing explodes. The level of lighting in the house at night, walking around. Somebody want to cut the light out, the other cutting it on, the other cutting it on, the other cutting it off. You burn up electricity. 
And all the thing go, I want it dark because I can't sleep. The other say, I got to have a little light. I'm going to trip myself going to the restroom. Oh, my goodness. Lighting in the home, whether or not dirty dishes can be left in the sink. Some folk can't stand the dirty dishes in the sink, while others can leave it there for two weeks. <laughs> Don't bother them. They say, if no one's not talking to me, leave them there. I'll wash it when I, I just wash one plate and eat again. Differences of opinion and preferences, whether to squeeze or roll the toothpaste tube. Your spouse's driving tendencies. You drive. She's the driver's ed coach. She drives. You're the driver's ed coach. And while the other person's driving, you're mashing on your brakes on the other side. You say, what's over there? I'm breaking. I'm breaking. Hey! Because you can't, no! <laughs> you, you ever hit your brakes on the other side? Fuck that. They can't stop, I stop for them. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest fights in the car. How do you are you going that way? That's a long way around. Why don't you go that way? Well, if he wants to take the scenic, scenic route, let him. Let him take the scenic route. If you're going home, what's the run? You get there after a while. <laughs> Preferences. Preferences. <laughs> Whether the toilet paper is over or under. Right, here we go again. I can't reach it. For heaven's sake. Do not take your personal preferences and opinions so seriously. Move on to subjects that are more lighthearted and humorous. Stop picking stuff to fight over all the time. Find some pleasantries. Refuse to be selfish and realize you cannot always have it your own way. Refuse to retaliate and be spiteful because you didn't get your way. The whole house is wiped out because you didn't get your way. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Number 12, we're almost done. Communicating God's way means you must be a peacemaker. Say peacemaker. Say it again. Peacemaker. God requires us to communicate in such a way that creates an atmosphere of peace and harmony in the home, in the workplace, even in the church, on the streets. Only when the Lord's peace abides in you can there be communication and reconciliation of broken relationships. Some of you have been too mad at your sister, mad at your sister too long. Mad at your brother. You, you just don't know what he did to me. Mad at your mother, mad at your father. Some of you, your parents long gone and you still mad at them over what they did. Blessed are the peacemakers, says Matthew 5, 9. For they shall be called the children of God. Mad at your child. You gave them your last dime, put them through school, 
sacrifice for them, and they won't even talk to you. Won't even come see you. Can't even pick up the phone and say, Merry Christmas. Your doing right is not predicated on how they respond. You do the right thing if you never see the right thing done toward you. That's being the bigger person, the better person, the Christian, the spiritually mature, blessed are the peacemaker. You do everything to make peace. Sometimes that means you got to suck it up. Now you got to be spiritually mature to do that. Just suck it up. You, you, you don't want to suck it, but you know what? For the sake of unity and peace, I'm just going to let this go and I'm going to commit it to the Lord. You know, if we commit more things to the Lord, we'll have less stress. Yeah, thank you, Holy Ghost. I mean, sometimes we try to take that, well, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get this right. Uh-uh. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah, my hand is over here. My hip again. Oh, no, he's not. No. Hey, listen. God's in control. He, he knows the beginning and the end. Here's what you do in situations that you know you're being wrong or whatever. Lovingly speak up. Trust God and be quiet. I'll give you three things when, when you deal with issues. For all of us, lovingly, kindly, sweetly speak up. Then trust God to work in his time. He makes all things beautiful. And then just be quiet and wait on God. Now, he may not come when you want him to, but that doesn't mean he's not working. And he'll bless you for your ability to wait on him in the spirit. In closing, the best way to communicate effectively is to practice Psalms 19.14. This is a good way to sum this two-part series up. Psalms 19.14, which says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I want you to repeat this after me. Just repeat every word. Say Psalms 19.14. Repeat after me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalms 19.14. Let's say it one more time so it can resonate in your heart. Let the, say it a little bit louder. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Thank you very much. The meditation, the meditations of your heart and the words of your mouth cannot be acceptable before the Lord until there's first transformation in your heart. Did you get that? The words of your mouth and the meditations 
of your heart cannot be acceptable in the sight of Almighty God until there's inner transformation through the Holy Spirit in your heart. When your heart has been transformed, then your heart becomes right before him. And a right heart produces righteous words, edifying words, clean words, healthy words, words that will build up and not tear down to the glory of God. And all God's children said, let's pray. And Father, thank you for putting this series in my heart. Oh, how many homes would be made the better if we activate and implement and apply what we've received this morning. And Father, the truth be told, a whole lot of us need to repent because we've all thought words we shouldn't have thought, said words we shouldn't have said, had attitudes that were unbecoming, body language that broke your heart. Forgive us, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over our mouths, our tongues, our hearts. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, none, no, not one. And I ask you now for your mercy that we start speaking in a way that will bless your name, bless our family members, even when they are most difficult indeed. Bless the workplace. Bless the church. Friends and relatives and acquaintances. Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord spoke to you. He actually spoke to you. But I got a question for you. What are you going to do with what you heard? You really can't speak in a way that's God-honoring until you surrender your life to him, your heart to him, your tongue to him, your motive, your demeanor, your spirit to him. You got to ask God to change me. Save me. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe in your death, your burial, and your resurrection and the same God that was, you were raised from the dead, and the same God that was raised from the dead, you got enough to raise my level of speech, my level of communication. Father, I can't do this without you. This tongue cannot be changed without you. Help me now to start afresh. Help me to come to Jesus as my only blessed hope, to put my trust in him, to believe in his death, his burial, his resurrection, to believe that he's God all by himself and he's coming back again. God, I believe. And God, I need a church home where I can hear messages like this so that you can shape me and mold me and tweak me to make me the vessel 
the honorable vessel that you would have me to be. Lord, I need a church home. I need membership. I need accountability. I need nurturing. And let me not just dismiss the church. I join everything else. I join Sam's and Costco. I register at Trinity and Sachs and St. Philip's online courses. I get membership at various gyms and exercise places and yet not have membership in the most important place that I can go on earth. And that's the Lord's church. That is the sin of negligence and rebellion. There's a strange teaching going around now that you don't have to be a part of the church. That's a lie from the pits of hell to keep you away from God. You need the church far more than you know. This is a place of refuge, healing, redirection, teaching, training, growing. Where you can deposit your gifts that's been in you to others and others can bless you with their gifts. Don't allow Satan to keep you perpetually disconnected from the church, moving all over the place, a transient nomad spirit with no sense of spiritual home or purpose so that God can work on you and develop your spiritual roots. If you don't have a church home, or if you're not so sure that if you were to die at this very moment, you would go to heaven to be with Jesus. You're not so sure. You come now. As we obediently trust God to move according to His will and in His time, He will give us everything we need when we lift up our eyes to the hills from whence comes our help. Where does our help come from? It comes from God who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210 821 5683.